Hello and welcome to the Behind the Leash podcast. I'm your co-host, Ryan. And I'm your other co-host, Paige. How do you take your coffee? From a study done by foodandwine.com in 2018, they found that 83% of Americans drink coffee every day. The average American spends $1,110 on coffee annually, while coffee exporting is valued at $20 billion globally. And today, we are joined by Blue Kind, proprietor of Brandy Lou's Porch, a local cafe and community space in East Kensington. I'm just really excited to have an art form at Franny's. Like there's pencils, there's really nice paper, there's, you know, paint, there's uh, watercolors. We are meant to be creators. When you engage in the art forms, you connect more to yourself. So I think that idea of creating and um, seeing beauty and all of those things really can promote positive change. But before we get into everything, we wanted to kick it off and talk about what we're drinking, since that's something that we do every episode. So, Blue, do you want to tell us what you're drinking? So, I haven't been to the space to grab alcohols in a while, but I did have a root beer. <laughs> I really like getting the main root, air trade sugar root beer, and that's what I'm drinking this, this fine evening. It's a good choice. I, lo- I love root beer. I do not drink soda, but it always looks good. It always looks like something I want to have, and then I just I just don't like the taste of soda. Ryan, what are we drinking since we decided to grab the same thing? Today we are drinking Evil Genius Hashtag Adulting. We just moved, so we feel like we're Hashtag Adulting. Yeah. <laughs> we are Hashtag Adulting. We also love to start our episodes with a six-pack of questions. So what this is, is literally just like a fire round of questions that we're going to ask you. You don't have to answer them as quickly as possible, but they are supposed to be very short answers just so we can get to know you. All right. Let's kick off the six pack of questions. Blue, where did you grow up? I grew up in Lorton, Virginia and Virginia Beach and Woodbridge, all like Fairfax. So all of like Northern Virginia and Southern Virginia. Um, what part of Philly do you live in now? I live in Germantown. Yeah, 19144. Uh, what is your favorite morning beverage? Well, I really like to drink mochas. Oat milk mocha with one teaspoon of cocoa and about two teaspoons of maple syrup. That is my favorite treat. That sounds very good. Is that on the menu? That's on the blue menu special because I don't, I don't like doing sugar so i'll use maple syrup to sweeten my beverages um, but we do have a great mocha you can say hey can i have agave or maple we'll make it for you um, but we also have an mlk which i just had the other day it was peanut butter mocha which i think you might like i think you might like ryan so uh, what's your favorite book it's a, it's a tie to my letters uh, letters to my daughter by maya angelou i actually didn't read it but i listened to it as an audiobook and it was great to hear her voice. And it felt like she was talking to me. And I love mother figures. My mom passed when I was younger. So I just love, I just gravitate towards different mother figures. So I just love to listen to that book. But it's also a tie with a book I just read called Spirit Song by Mary Summer Rain. And it's about this 
Native American shaman, like a true story about her process and what she learned. For everyone listening, we also have an, another special guest who you can't oh, see. Yes. I wish you could see because he's so cute. But Blue is holding her son, Eli, and he is adorable. So yes. cute. <laughs> he might like randomly sing. He's like a happy baby at the moment. So he might have some sounds. Okay. What does your ideal vacation look like? I love water. So I want to be next to some water source. I love camping in the trees, being in the woods, just quiet space to be just in the sounds of the earth. I really would like to have my children not with me. Um, and my lover boy go out by ourselves and enjoy with like service like I don't have to make anything or cook anything you know get my my stuff delivered just chilling okay but my kids I don't want to be far from them because I just like like I like being near them you know because I feel like in any moment there might be a disaster and I want to be close to my kids so they'll be like in a park like a few blocks over with like a man what is your favorite thing to do like outside of work outside of work I feel like my it's a few ties I'm a poet I love to again sit in nature and write poetry, and I also love to dance. I'm a, I, I dance. I'm a West African dancer, so I just love moving, having fun, yeah, and just being with my girlfriends. Like really being with the people that really get me and that make me laugh. I think that wraps up our uh, six pack of questions. That wraps it up. <laughs> okay, so I want to um, hand you over the floor, give you a little time to just give us a quick intro of who you are, your business, and what your favorite thing about being a business owner is. Okay, my name is Blue Kind, uh, founder and um, operator of Brandy Lou's Porch. We have tribe leaders, that's what we kind of go by. We've been established since 2015. However, I've been running coffee houses and all that wildness since 2009. So this year is my 10-year anniversary. Franny Lou's is an awesome place. It's a, a warm space that's connected with love and community, resistance, activism, and a place where there can be simple, simple and um, honest ingredients for our beverages and our food. So yeah, that's what we're doing. We're trying to spread love, be consistent, be happy, really showing love with each other and the neighborhood that we interact and that that sounds a little frou-frou but it's really like it's really hard and necessary work um to smile at folks that that may be needing a smile you know you said you were running coffee shops for 10 years now plus but what sparked the idea of franny lose specifically yeah so franny lose was sparked by really wanting to be more specific to our mission and who kind of go out of the box and be so radical in it and just be like, whatever, this is what we're doing. From Leota's place, it's kind of general. I had this, like I started when I was 22, I was like, oh yeah, let's just do as much as we can, you know? But with Franny's, we're like, no, let's like be total badass and just say everything in the stores, like fair trade sugars, fair trade chocolates, um, will be a home for the radical creative so I really was like, you know, there needs to be more spaces 
that are truly authentic, and especially more spaces for marginalized people to feel at home. And being a mother, being a black woman, being um, a single mom at the time, very marginalized, you know, <laughs> existence. So I was like, you know, I'm gonna be authentic in my experience and create a space where others like me and others that aren't like me, but are also in marginalized communities can feel at home because there's not many places that are that way. So I wanted Franny Luz to exude the joy of the black, primarily black community, but in marginalized cultures. So our music is just jamming and different and beautiful, like the joy aspect, because um, I want to be represented in a beautiful way. I, I read your website and I read the story of Franny Lou. For those that don't know the story, can you give us a quick synopsis of why that story is so meaningful? Yes. So starting a new shop after Leota's Place, I really wanted it to be catchy, the name to be memorable. And then I really wanted it to be a name to connect on a deeper level so it can connect to more people. So Leota's Place was the first shop and Leota was my mother's middle name, right? No one knew my mother. I knew my mother. It was like, cool, that's the place. So I'm like, how can I kind of find some more meaning, right? So uh, we're named after two women, Frances E.W. Harper. She is from the 19th century. Um, and Fannie Lou Hamer, who is from the 20th century. And Frannie Lou is the 21st century. So part of it is like, how can we learn from our elders um, and the wisdom and the joy and the struggle and the love and build those stepping stones to today? Um, Frances E.W. Harper actually lived in Philadelphia. She has a house right on Bainbridge Street, 11th and Bainbridge, a little plaque. She was an abolitionist. She also was a single mother. She was a poet. Our T's or blends are named after her poetry. She had this awesome thing where she would buy coarser dresses um, made with that were not made of slave hands. She would say, she's like, I'll wear a coarser dress from free hands other than a fine linen dress made of blood. So even then she was complete advocate of like anti, you know, anti-slavery in which we are too with, with the products that we sell. So she's dope. And she would also speak to like lectures of men. In that time she was kind of like this motivational speaker but for her to black woman to speak in places of male uh, dominance, which is this is wild. She's dope. The other person, um, Fannie Lou Hamer, she's totally well more well known. People are like, oh, I know her. Sick and tired of being sick and tired. Yes, she's awesome. She did a lot of change. She was more of like this common folk too. You know, she grew up from sharecropper land, so she was a farmer. She went. She got all these black people, people in Mississippi, to vote. Fannie Lou Hamer was a vocalist, so a lot of people, like, that's how she kind of gathered crowds. That's how she created peace in the jail cells. Everybody would sing together and, like, old spirituals, you know. And then, you know, Frances E.W. Harper, her being a poet and a writer. So at Fannie Lou's, we also invite the act of creativity. In order for us to think critically and imaginative about solutions for problems that we have today, I feel like we need to practice our creativity. So um, you're talking about your community. Part of that community is also your employees, or as you mentioned, you call them your tribe. How do you choose to bring a member into that community? So to have an employee that you feel is going to kind of emulate your values and your mission the way that you 
want to be portrayed. It's wild. It's like, you know, I had a vision. I wrote down the mission and um, hoping that people would be into it, right? So I think in order for us to attract, like for Indians to attract the people that will represent Freedom as well, we have to be very authentic in our day to day. How we're treating people, how we're treating each other, the music, the environment, our food and beverages, all that stuff. Um, if we are authentic, then the, peop the right people will come to us. Then, but at interviews, I always, I have a mission statement for our business, like three pages. <laughs> and uh, we, when we have people that come for interviews, we have them look at our mission statement and I have them circle things that they connect to. And so instead of it being like Blue's mission, it becomes our mission because hopefully they can connect something in it. And that's the reason why they actually would be there. And mostly it's about, you know, the justice oriented or the people, like really wanting to be a place to connect to people where other customer service is really about the numbers more than it is about the people. Um, but I think if we focus on the people, our numbers will be fine. Um, it's a trust thing, you know? So yeah, I think that's what we do. And we also like, really listen to each other in the tribe so after we you know our 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 trainings are completely uh like uh, the second interview and so it's really to see if they even want to be there so we'll train somebody and say hey do you actually want to do this at the end of it and they'll say yes or nah and i'll be like do i really want this person to be around you know <laughs> are they a good are they vibing with my crew? Because we can't have people not vibing with our crew. Um, and so if it is, we're like, dope, let's do this. Um, so it's always their choice and our choice. Um, and then, you know, we just have consistent communication. You know, um, we have some leaders, we have some tribe leaders, we have a general manager, two bar managers, a food manager. Um, I'm always about making people managers. I'm like, leaders, leaders, leaders. Everybody, who needs to be a leader? Let's just figure it out, be amazing, and go. We do a lot of autonomy. <laughs> I'm like, do, do your thing. Where a lot of places are very, like, structured, we like to, we, like, our drinks are the same, our, our style's the same, but people's roles, I really give people a lot of ownership. I just like, go for it, you know, and let me see what you guys do. So, yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's really important, like you said, like if you create a, a positive culture and a good culture, you know, translate numbers wise in, in the end, you know, you, you have the right people in the right places making the right decisions, you're going to have good results. Yeah. Yeah. So we've been to Fray Luz because I saw a post on Fishtown happening and I've mentioned to you and I, I am so I need to visit. We need right. to go. So, so Paige actually, she said, you know, I want to walk to this, you know, this great little coffee shop. It, you know, I, I read about it, and I'm like very excited. I'm like, that sounds great. So we started walking. It was a long walk. It was a mile away. Okay, it was a mile away. Maybe it was a mile. <laughs> but, uh, it was. It was a not. It was a mile. The the mile there was a lot more difficult than the mile back because I had a great coffee. Honestly. I've never heard Ryan rave about a coffee. Like, because I order, I order him the coffee, then he just brings it. But when we were in there, I loved your to go, your curbside to go window. So so beautiful, and your coffee names as well. Can we talk about that? Can we talk about where you 
how you choose coffee names? Like, do you get the tribe involved or is it just something that you come up with? So, yeah, I really believe in the um, saying of people's names to remember our ancestors. And that is actually an old African tradition, speaking, speaking the names of our ancestors. So I, th- I started it with Leota's Place because it's just like, say their name, you know, Oscar Romero. And then you, you call out, hey, everyone, there's Oscar Romero in the bar. And you're like, who's Oscar Romero? And then I'm like, go look it up. You know, or <laughs> I actually have a little bit of a, a snippet of each person that we're named after in our tribe with a drink guide. So they can have a little snippet to even communicate to the customer if they ask. But it really is just to promote awareness. Like we are creatures here walking this planet and our brain is so capable of understanding. But how often are we communicating the value of where we came from as a people, right? A few staff have created drinks, like the James Baldwin is like a vanilla, not vanilla, it's like a sweet vanilla maple latte. I think the Angela Davis was created by a staff and that's lavender, like a lavender white mocha. So yeah, I think there's always room for the tribe to say, yo, this is dope, can we do this? And I'm like, yes. (laughs) Yeah, that's how how it goes. Say say their name. (laughs) What what are your are your biggest hurdles or barriers that you've had to overcome with, with the, the Franny Lou's business? That is good. As soon as I think things are chill, there's something wild. So I feel like there's usually like two months of peace. Then there's like, Whoa, what do I do? Two months of peace. Oh my God. <laughs> like sometimes I feel like it's too, okay, what's happening? This is too good. It's too good right now. What's happening? So I feel like it's a, it's like a consistent hurdle over, hurdle over, hurdle um, with small businesses in Philadelphia in general. I mean, the most recent, obviously, is the COVID energy, and the wildness that's happening with that um, on businesses and essential businesses versus non-essential businesses. I'm glad we sell food, yo, because we can still be open. So we had to change our whole business model. Like that window, that was never there. Like it was just there. Like it was a door that was actually sealed off. So we didn't use it. We use it as a window, like for light. But I was outside um, taking out the trash one night. It was like past midnight. I was working late and I looked over and I was like, man, it's going to be a long night. (laughs) And I just constructed that window overnight. And uh, my kids helped paint everything. Um, We had all the supplies in house. My partner came and just made sure the service little bar was secure and then in two days we operated out of that so changing systems changing hours changing processes like change 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 i'm a pisces so i I flow but my tribe isn't all flow so (laughs) and we have a community of people we all have to be on the same page you know page get it (laughs) but yeah i mean i think there's so many hurdles. There's some, like even Leota's place, like before Franny's existed, it only existed because the wall fell off. My old coffee house was falling off and we had to get out of there because the slumlord wouldn't fix it. That was a hurdle and we were doing good. We were open for almost five years. We were finally making profit. I was like, yo. So we had money in the bank to actually invest in like for the next place. Praise God. But like then, you know, getting pregnant with my son, Eli, like that happened. And um, 
figure out how to, you know, the business to run without me. And it did very well. And, you know, leaders just grew out of that. There's just hurdle after hurdle and it makes things exciting. And now we're flowing into our next phase where I'm a little bit, I'm just wanting to step back a little bit. We're doing a profit share model that we're bringing um, to the table. And I have a business consultant that's really helping me bring it to fruition. What we, so we want to do business differently. Like we want to be a non-hierarchical community-based model without being necessarily a co-op. So profit sharing, right? Bringing up other owners if needed and if wanted and kind of showing the world that we don't have to do business in a traditional way that, you know, the owner gets all of the, the joy. Have you seen uh, a big, uh, I guess, slump in, you know, sales and I know we were there. Yeah, we were there like a, a week Yeah, two weeks ago, two weeks ago during the, the COVID-19 time. And there was a line for us to get uh, a beverage. So have you seen a big hit? Yes, it's going. Praise God. Actually, this past Saturday, we actually made more on a Saturday than we ever made. Like, ever in Freight and Lose history. So I was like, okay, hey. We are together, we're still like a little short, like $60, $60 a day, we're a little short. So we're trying to bring in our numbers to even satisfy all of our expenses and our payroll. But we had low day, like our lowest day was $88. And to me, like in a business level, when we were operating at $600, $700 a day for your staff and for everybody, you know, when you get $88, like you can see it as a, okay, this is terrible, or you can see it as, okay, this is an opportunity. And I think that's what we decided to do. And we decided to laugh about it. And I just turn on music and dance. Now we're here. How do you like being in East Kensington? Leota's was across the street. I've been in East Kensington the whole time. So seeing the neighborhood change has been interesting. It, you know, I started there as an artist. And I really wanted to, you know, we saw the beauty, we saw that there's places like green space. There was a lot of green space in that time when I moved there. Yeah. So now it's like a lot more houses, a lot of great people are moving here, no doubt. Very community oriented people. Still though, there's this like sense of othering that does happen with people that are moving from the suburbs or from other places. People that are still struggling under the L with different addictions. Um, or people that have been in Philly for their whole lives, whether you're Irish in that area or um, Puerto Rican or Black, especially like North K&A area. Different cultures, beautiful people. So even though the neighborhood has changed, I'm still trying to be consistent in our mission as being a place of positive change and connecting and a warm space for the marginalized to exist, even though the spaces are is becoming different. And that's why I think we're actually more in need there than we ever were to remind people of our humanity and that can connect us. So it's been a, a journey. How do you think that this pandemic is affecting your sense of community? Do you feel that the community has weakened in Brain Loose or do you feel a different type of support? I think this time spiritually is meant to isolate us even more than we already have been. Having a mask physically versus having the mask that we needed to have in our day-to-day. It's like a physical representation of what we've already manifested, have been manifesting. 
I'm really an advocate of taking off the mask, like I was saying before, like being my, my most authentic self. And um, I do think there is a mourning um, that's happening at Franny's, like just looking at it inside and being like, I have to mourn a little bit to be like, man, I can't have people here to love and um, to connect to and be loved myself. Yeah, so it is different, but we're still trying to be happy and joyful. Like I was there today and I was just so happy to see all of the managers were there randomly and had a check-in and um, see people happy and relaxed. So there's a point of time where this is a relaxing time for people to not be on their day-to-day -day grind that they can actually kind of do things for their own soul. So instead of it being like, okay, we're isolating in a negative sense, we also can be isolating in a very healing, like really working on ourselves since this, you know, taking off that mask at home, at home and really seeing like, who are we? Like, why are we here? Why do I work like this? I think it's a time of that internal healing. And I hope that we're using it for that as well. I'm still excited to see the beauty out of all this. Do you have any advice for somebody who's looking to open a, a food service or beverage storefront? If people have a vision, just keep with the vision. Like, keep, like, that to me is, whatever we have vision for is, like, our purpose, right? So if we don't engage in our purpose, then we kind of die a little bit, right? Yeah, so I'm saying just push push through beautifully like be light write down everything all your ideas connect with other business owners um to hear their story or to get um some tips and connect 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 we all want each other to succeed yeah and i think there's great you know business groups on there i really loved working with um entrepreneur works they were a great help and they still are. I had one loan from them and they're like my constant family. Like, so after you make some relationship with people, they stay with you. Um, our aunts and uncles of Philadelphia, they're awesome. Um, they're a group of elders in the city or people with a lot of money that want to give towards social justice oriented small businesses run by Judy Wicks. I love that group. They're also my powwows. They gave me a thousand dollars recently because they just love our entrepreneurs during this time of COVID. And I was like, y'all are awesome. Like I did not do that. So definitely the more support, the better. Yeah. Just be creative, get online. We have to do online ordering, get savvy with um, e-commerce, but still make sure you're engaging with people like coffee house energy or drink, drink spaces or customer service spaces is really about the people and so the balance of online and people there's a little thing about it that is possible so we're gonna see a whole new working world after this especially for the food beverage any type of industry that was really reliant on physical touch and physical emotion and really being closer than six feet to someone what is something positive that you think might come out of this, even though we might see a different working world after? So something positive, I think, you know, you're creating another avenue of business. People that weren't online before, it kind of pushed us, me too, right? I actually paid for, I've been paying monthly for a system for online ordering, <laughs> but we have not been using it. So it really pushed us to establish it. Sorry, Eli. He's excited about it too. 
so yeah, it pushed us to go that direction. And my thing is like 70% of our sales are online orders right now, pre-orders. Um, and then the others, 30% are people that just order at the window. So now if, if and when we reopen the store in the regular energy, we have that like financial arm. So hopefully people, businesses that were able to stay open, literally some businesses probably would have, are, it's, there's probably less businesses in the world after this, unfortunately. Um, so for the businesses that decide to stay open and continue this route, it's, it's great to have that other arm, right? Another side of the beauty, I think, is some people, I was talking to a customer today where some people have never had the opportunity to even work from home. And I do think the slowing down has been very positive for our culture and the earth. So hopefully, my hope and prayer is that we are influenced by that to keep some of that. How can our businesses be like, okay, you know, come in two days a week. If you don't need to come in, you work from home. Or like, how can we pay? How can there be more spread of responsibility, pay less staff, more with living wages, more of that ownership mindset? Like even my tribe that I have, like we've been, like they've been creating and making things, growing. Um, and they wouldn't have had that opportunity if, you know, we didn't have that high need. So yeah, I hope that it just shows some light on people of like what's really important to them. How can I find Franny Luz? You can find us on social media at Franny Luz on Facebook, Instagram, we're getting our Twitter app. And FrannyLuzPorch.org is our website. If you put a little slash online dash ordering, that's how you order ahead online. You can order for pickup or delivery. You can also just walk over and see people uh, from 10 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. Be posted if we um, expand our hours as well. And we're on the corner of York and Coral, 2400 Coral Street, um, 19125. Um, we're the three and the five bus and the York and the Burke stop of the Market Finger train. Well, thank you very much. And we're very excited to get down to Franny Lou's again very soon. Thank you. Yeah. We would love to have you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening to the Behind the Leash podcast with your host, Hayden Ryan, and our special guest, Blue Kind. This is a podcast for entrepreneurs, side hustlers, business owners, and beer lovers or root beer lovers. Thanks so much for joining us today, Blue, and thanks so much for everyone that's listening.